Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up on this week's show with our friends at Low Six and Title Law. A uh, pretty shocking week, to be honest. Two defeats, five goals shipped. All a bit doom. Um, by the way, Dom, it is our uh, 50th episode of this season. 50. Five oh, 50 episodes. It's 50, 50 hours that we've had to talk about this. It, it does feel like that. I'm not going to lie, James. Um, and uh, I think uh, we're all going to be happy when the season is over, I think, in one way or another. Uh, and it's not, I've got to say, uh, this is not particularly how I envisage just bringing up the half century for the season. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Um, and any positives from the week? Any positives? Literally only one individual for me, and that is uh, your good old friend, Jacob Murphy, uh, who has grabbed an assist and is Wednesday's second top scorer now, or he is actually Wednesday's top scorer um, with the players that they've got uh, still left at their disposal for last four matches with six goals. But yeah, Jacob Murphy, cracking piece of individual play that will come to for the goal against Preston and a, and a lovely cheeky back heel from Atty near you. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for me, James. All right, let's let's start with um, Swansea then. And um, it, it does feel a bit of a distant memory now, but to be fair, the first half wasn't terrible from Wednesday. There, there was actually kind of some signs in the first half that, all right, maybe things have, are just falling a little bit into place. I mean, we were obviously very mistaken, but um, looking back, it, it wasn't terrible, was it? No, it wasn't. And I actually thought first half, they were the better side. Uh, at half time, I remember saying to some of the other guys, uh, you know, in the press box that, uh, you know, we hope Wednesday aren't left to rue the mischances. And unless you to Cruz and Jacob Murphy, you know, one of them at least has to certainly hit the target probably score and take their chances. Uh, so I, I don't quite go along with Gary Monk where he said uh, we should have been out of sight as when you actually break it down and look at clear cut opportunities, Wednesday didn't have, for me, masses of those on the day, but they should still have been leading at half time. And at this level, if you don't take your opportunities, uh, you will get punished. And that is exactly what happened at Swansea. It felt it did. It felt very wasteful, didn't it? And and like quite badly wasteful. And um, you know the 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 uh, I can remember the Jacob Murphy one quite clearly. And it, it's like you've 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 just, you know from that far out, you've got to do better than you know. The, it, it wasn't. You can't even class it as being a shot off target. Really, it, it was. Always, it was like you know, it would have gone out for a throw in if anything. It's, um, it was a good clearance, but, you know, wasn't it? It was, um, but that was kind of that's pretty much summed up that first half, didn't it? In terms of the fact that the chances were definitely there, but we were really, really, really wasteful to the point that it was almost as if it was an end of season game that didn't really matter. That it was just you know kind of knocking the ball around fairly nonchalantly actually, and, and throwing together some really nice passages of play, and, and and they were there. There were some really nice moments in that first half, creating good chances, but not taking them and. Um, you know, this is a lesson that we absolutely we should we should have learned this by now. Which is when you don't take chances, particularly away from home, 
uh, in the championship, particularly against a team who were going for the for the playoffs, and you know it was a game that they really needed to win to kind of stay in touch with that that top six. That you, they're going to get you're going to get punished, aren't you? And um, it was at half time. I just remember having that thought, which is right. There's two ways of thinking about this. There is we've done really well in the first half. We've created the chances. Now second half, we need to push on and we need to make sure we get the three points. Or we have had our chances, you know, that, that down that right wing in the first half, it, it, you know, no team is going to allow you to just carry on causing them that much damage. They're going to make changes. They're going to tighten up those, those gaps and, 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 um, you know, th- those areas where they're exposed. So it's like, well, is that it? Have we, have we just not taken our chances and now we're going to get punished? And of course, that's exactly what what happened and and Swansea then gave us a bit of a lesson didn't they in terms of how to how to take chances um let's i mean let's let's talk about let's talk about the penalty i guess and and generally adam reach i mean he was a player that before the restart i said i'm looking forward to seeing a refreshed adam reach who's you know kind of had a bit of a break and you know he's been in about as bad a form as we've probably seen him in a wednesday shirt in the two games that he started he he really you know the chance was there for him to kind of stake his his claim that you know he's back and he can show us what he do what he can do and um he he really you know he, he's not been up to it in the two games that he started and that was a bad bad penalty to give away yeah it was he was naive and uh it looked to me James like a guy who hasn't played in that position for a very long time I know that he was left wing back a lot when he was on loan at Preston a few years ago but yeah it, it was his all-round contribution that concerned me and the fact that it was great that Wednesday got so much joy down that right hand side with Murphy the amount of overloads that they created uh, and Reach actually was the best thing he did on the day at Swansea was he created that chance um, you know, for Murphy with the delivery where he got to the byline, but we didn't see enough of that. And he was on the pitch for, I think it was 67 minutes and he had something like 24, 25 touches and Jacob Murphy had nearly double that amount. So he was starved of the ball or Wednesday didn't utilise him properly. Whatever way you want to you know, look at it, yeah, it was a game to forget for uh, Adam Reach, and I distinctly remember when he walked off the pitch, you could just see the frustration in him for, for the penalty. It was a naive bit of play. Uh, he lost his runner and he's pulled him back and he left the referee with no alternative but to point to the spot. And the thing about it for me was he didn't need to actually drag him back. There was no guarantee that... Uh, I, who was it? I think... Um, I forgot his name, Roberts, I think it was, for Swansea. He was, there was no guarantee that he was going to actually get on the end of the cross and score. I'd rather he, he'd have just let him come across. He could have headed it over the bar, not connected. We don't know what would have happened. So it was uh, a poor decision from Adam Reach and from a player that uh, we know that he's way better and more effective offensively than he is defensively uh, but yeah he didn't stick to his defensive duties there and uh, he left Wednesday with a mountains climb yeah um, obviously we, we I, I call it a consolation goal call it getting our, ourselves 
back in the game, however you want to look upon it. Um, Asi knew you kind of showing them a little bit how it's done in terms of just sticking the ball in the in the back of the net. Um, and there was this kind of thought that maybe it could be the start of a late flurry, but it never never really happened, did it? And we we didn't look in that second half like. We were, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that we really looked like we were up for it. It just looked like we were tired, leggy, disinterested even. I won't go as far as that. I think that um, the reaction was there from Swansea. Whatever Steve Cooper said to you know, his players at halftime worked. And I think that they tactically tying things up defensively, especially on that left-hand side with Jake Bidwell and Wayne Routledge. They, they got closer to Jacob Murphy and didn't allow him to create and make things happen like he was doing in the first half. So he wasn't as influential, Jacob Murphy. So I thought that tactically made a big difference to Swansea. Uh, and yeah, we, we saw quality. That's what we saw in Brewster. Barely got a sniff. I thought the back three defended really well first half. And then they switched off. Or, and Iorfa's got dragged out position for the opener. Um, and they paid the price. And Massimo Luongo um, didn't stay with Brewster. And he's rifled at home. I, I wrote about it earlier this week, James. And I think what it comes down to for me is that when you lose the amount of attacking talent that Wednesday have over the course of the last 12 months. No Lucas Schwau anymore. No Gary Hooper anymore. No Stephen Fletcher anymore. No Fernando Forestier anymore. That's what you're left with. Lone players, Atty knew you, and a misfiring Jordan Rhodes. So should we really be surprised that Wednesday aren't clinical? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fairly depressing thought when you kind of say it like that. But, you know, then again, you know, Connor Wickham is, is a goal scorer at this level. Um, you know, he, he went into that game in, um, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, the headline would be that he was, you know, in form since the, restart uh, and has gone a little bit off the boil because he wasn't in the squad um, come the midweek game. But y- you, you you do come away from the two games this week and you kind of look at it and just think, and, and, and this is, I felt like this while Wednesday have actually been playing, which is it's kind of hard to see where the goals are going to come from. Even when we're creating chances, you know, there is a, a it's just a lack of, um, we're just not clinical. And, and this has been a theme through the whole season. Even when we've had some of those attacking players, we've just not looked that that clinical in periods of this season. Weirdly, other periods of the season we have. And, you know, it has been uh, this weird sort of up and down Jekyll and Hyde. We've called it all kinds of things through this, this season. And, you know, I, I was thinking earlier about the fact that these five games since the restart, in a way, it's kind of summed up the season, hasn't it? That it kind of, you know, it started all right, then there was a really good period, and then it's just been rubbish. And and that, you know, five games just compressed the entirety of like the nine months before it, really. Um, and, you know, I mean, we've got to talk about the Preston game, but kind of jumping ahead a little bit and just finding ourselves where we sit now uh, with, what is it, four games to go. And you just think... What? Where do we go from here? Like, what? What happens? 
I, I don't, other than kind of probably, you know, if we win the last four games or, you know, win three of them, maybe draw one, even win three, lose one, you think maybe there's a chance there of saving, you know, a little bit of honour and whatnot. But uh, it's been fairly like, this is just, I don't know. I thought last week and I said I could see elements of what Gary Monk's trying to build and it had been there for a, for, for a few games. And that feels like it's so, either it's just fallen to bits or this group of players just doesn't work. It, it's just, it's done. It's just done. And they've just not got anything else to give. And that's the most depressing thought for any football fan that after supposedly clearing out a lot of your deadwood, you're still left with a group of players who just aren't up to it at this level. There's still a big overhaul to be had, James. It's there for everyone to see. And, and he's talked a lot about it, hasn't it? That he wants young, hungry, dynamic players. He's And so Gary Monk is taking a heck of a lot of criticism right now when, you, when they've lost three matches in a row. And I totally understand it. And in fact, I've actually prepared a little quiz uh, to try and sort of uh, lighten the mood here, James, as well. So um, <laughs> right. I, I, I've got a few uh, questions for you. So how many league matches have Wednesday won since Christmas? Uh, I believe that is three. That is correct. And that's three yeah. wins from a possible 19. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, this sorry, I, I should just put it out there now. This doesn't actually uh, brighten the mood at all. This just right. is e- emphasising the doom nature that we are that we've got right now. So, how many points, James, have the Owls picked up at Hillsborough from their last ten games? Mm. Oh gosh, um, is it something like seven? So thirty. 30- we're up for grabs, and Wednesday have actually only accrued five. Oh, crikey. So, it doesn't get much better with the next question. How many goals have Wednesday scored at home from those ten matches? Um, I'll go eight. It's good, but it's not right. It's five. A whopping five, again. five, yes, from the 10 games. And the last one I've got uh, is, when was the last time that Wednesday actually scored two or more goals at Hillsborough? Um, and can you name the game? I, I could name a game this season where Wednesday have scored two goals at Hillsborough. I'm trying to think if there's been more than one. The only one that I can think of is Barnsley. We're not going that far back. Uh, it actually was December uh, when they beat Brentford and Stephen Fletcher bagged a brace. So we're going back to, I think, December yeah. the 7th. But uh, I I did that quiz uh, partly to uh, put you even more in a, in a grumpy mood for today, uh, but also Thanks. just to, just to underline uh, how Wednesday at home with or without a crowd, uh, just continue to underperform and, and not deliver, and something's got to change. I, I mean, it's depressing as hell, isn't it? It really is. Um, so we talked about whether or not the crowd not being there would help, and then we talked about the fact that it 
doesn't particularly seem to have made any difference. And then the evidence in the last couple of weeks is that 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 is no longer we can't it can't be blamed on poisonous atmosphere or anything like that what causes this then what causes a team when there's no fans there i mean playing on a pitch that you're familiar with why i I can't get my head around why we would still perform and ultimately do better away from home when there's no fans in a stadium it shouldn't make any the only difference really is the size of the pitch isn't it i can't i can't i can't fathom it uh, I think it boils down to me uh, with, I would say it's as simple as this, that um, when they can see too many goals and they don't score enough at the other end, it's quite simple as football that can be overcomplicated by people. But that is, that is just the, the bottom line really, when you actually break it down that uh, the finishing's not up to scratch as we've touched on before. And defensively, we, we feel as if we've maybe seen signs of improvement with the three-man defence since the restart. But then I think it's still 10 goals they've conceded in five matches since poor Joe Wildsmith has come in goal. And actually, Joe, for me, hasn't, I don't think, really been at fault for any of the goals uh, or where he's made a blunder. Um, so whatever formation, personnel, Wednesday go with at home, they just seeming capable right now of getting their act together. Yeah, um it's it's just it's it's not happening. It's not good enough. Um let's talk about Preston then, which was a game that was sort of the other way around. You know, Preston probably should have been out of sight by half time and didn't take their chances, but we we then had the second half was kind of the season compressed really in in just the space of 45 minutes. Um dwelling on that first half a little bit, why I mean I I can't understand why after you know all this time we're still as bad defensively as we are why can we not defend from set pieces you know time and time and time again it was it was just um it wasn't even funny anymore it was just like what why can that team not organize itself is is it a lack of leadership is there no one that's that's taking um taking charge and making sure that players are doing what they want to players not understand what they're supposed to be doing to to pick up their men from set pieces are we playing teams that are just very very good when it comes to their set players what what is it why you know, Preston looked like they were going to score from every single set play in that first half there's definitely a lack of leadership, James. We know that, um, I think most Wednesday fans would agree and say that that's something that Gary Monk has to address in the summer and recruit to try and bring in some senior pros to help some of these young players that are going to take Wednesday forward in the future. But you are looking for organisation. And this is where I have a lot of sympathy for Gary Monk. That I'm sure that on the training ground that they will go through meticulously on the sort of deliveries and what to expect from Preston, from set plays. It's players' jobs. They're not doing their jobs. They have to uh, get their heads, win second balls, get their heads and win the aerial duels and individual battles, individually and collectively. Wednesday, they're way underperforming still with this group of players. We know that they're in transition, James, but they're 16th in the table, seven points above the relegation zone. And this is a team that have got Barry Bannon, Massimo Luongo, 
Dominic Iall, for Julian Berner, you would say some pretty, you know, decent talent still in the championship. And look at where Wednesday are. It just simply isn't good enough. And, and for me, this is where Gary Monk has to take some accountability in the, from the last 19 matches to have only got three wins that the book stops at his door and that, you know, and I know that people say, well, come on, he's been dealt a rough hand. It's, it's a tough gig. He's not brought his own staff in. He's not had a, a, a sort of proper transfer window to work with. That's all well and good, but he still knows that he needs to get results to buy himself time. And what, right now he ain't getting them. Yeah. Um, what I want to kind of talk about, um, well, let, let's talk about kind of, there was a moment, wasn't there, where the game changed on, on Wednesday night. So there's the moment where it looks like Wednesday have gone 2-1 up. Within a couple of minutes, Wednesday 2-1 down. Um, you know, it's it's the kind of stuff that, you know, is, is in comic books and stuff like that, isn't it? In, in in terms of how quickly a game can can turn in, in just a moment or two. Um first up, the 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 burner goal that's disallowed, I haven't really watched a replay of it and I couldn't get up any desire to kind of look at it again. Um I've heard a few people say it probably was a foul. What do you think? I've watched it back a few times and I think uh, it was the right decision. It pains me to say that yeah, I think Jerry Pelipessi has got a hold of Declan Rudd, the Preston goalkeeper. Uh, he's. It, it was funny, actually, the reaction of Declan Rudd after it hit the back of the net. There weren't that many complaints from him. If anything, he looked frustrated with his defence, the fact that Julian Berner got a three-header in. Um, but... It's, the, it's sort of a sign of the times, isn't it? It's the way things are going right now for Wednesday that there the are fine margins and they're going against Wednesday and they're not getting that rub of the green. It was the right call, I think, ultimately. And for me, this is where I get really frustrated and angry at the mental capitulation, which is what it was after that. I, good teams... Strong teams, they don't do what Wednesday did, which is where you get adversity and actually, you know, you bounce back. That's what you do. And in fact, what Wednesday did was they folded. They folded like a pack of cards and they didn't just concede one, they conceded two. Uh, and they felt, may have felt that injustice went against them. But that's where you look around that team and go, there are not enough leaders, there are not enough characters, there are not enough people to turn things around right now for Wednesday, especially with this grueling schedule that we know that they are, right, you, know, you know, Gary Monk used the phrase red line, you know, this, this squad almost feels like it's a breaking point, this Fred Bear squad that he's working with. Yeah. Um, that kind of last 10, 15 minutes was, it was pretty awful, wasn't it? Because it, it was a, a bit of a defensive horror show. And it, it, what you could see that team kind of crumbling and falling to bits. And, and that's what, you know, from, from, we've talked about kind of that good first half against Swansea. Inevitably, the bit that's going to stick in our minds is just how bad that particularly last 10 minutes was against, um, Preston. Um, there's four games to go of this season. We want to just 
put it to bed and forget all about it. And for various reasons at the moment, we can't really do that. Um, Ignoring what's going on with the EFL, this, you know, we're now in a situation where we've got four games left. If we win one of them, then that's it. It's job done. Like that's all. It just needs three more points. You look at that last kind of 10, 15 minutes, that performance last night. And you think, I I don't, I just can't see where this team's going to get that win from. It's how do they pick themselves up? They've got just over 48 hours to prepare for another long away match. And they're sweating over whether four or five players are going to be fit and available right now. And we've talked about the lack of firepower. And, and, you know, what stands out from the last couple of matches, James, is the shortage of game-changing options on the bench. It's, it's, there's a lot of untried academy players there who, uh, other than Alex Hunt, have never played in the championship before. And we saw actually Liam Shaw that Gary Monk was contemplating throwing him on and then he changed his mind. Uh, and, and that's where Wednesday are at right now. That you know, Look at who he had to sort of call upon. I suppose another positive for Wednesday right now is that at least Josh Windass is back. So Josh Windass you would think he'd be in contention to maybe start a QPR. And I could see that, you know, him coming in. But you know, Gary Monk revealed at him, he's trained. He trained for two and a half days and then he's had to chuck him in on the bench. That's where Wednesday are right now with the options, the injuries that they've got. They're, they're having to, you know, rely or put the faith sometimes in players. They're rushing players back from the knocks and the bumps, the bruises, the injuries that they're getting right now. as needs must. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's get the thoughts then of um, Gary Monk uh, and hear what the manager has to say. How do you stay positive through this period when your team goes on a run like this? Because I love football. I love being doing this job. I enjoy doing it. It's my life. And there's much worse things in life I've been through, and I think we've all seen and stuff like that. So I'm always going to be positive. You know, I don't focus on negative things. Like I said, everything that can be said about you, everything that can be read and stuff like that, is you stay positive. You do. The key is to know if you're doing your work, you feel that your work, you know, is 100% and you're committed to it. That's what it is. So I've always been positive and outlook on side of things and try and put that onto the players and, and to the staff and the environment. You know, it needs work and improvement, but I'm not going to worry about negative stuff and I want to get things right. I want to win games, you know, and... Um, do everything I can to help the players to do that. We haven't done that well enough. That holds responsibilities with me, and um, but that won't stop me from you know making sure that I give my best to help them um, deliver results. You've already won at QPR this season, so can you take some heart from that? Yeah, we can put another display like that on. Um, obviously, that was a, a good performance and one that deserved to win the game. And if we can put the same type of performance on. Um, with all those things, defensively and offensively, I thought we were good in that game. Yeah, of course, that's what we'd be aiming for. Where are the threats going to come from from QPR? Yeah, they've got um, yeah young dynamic players in the um, in the forward positions. Um, yeah, good players, um, and they're always a dangerous team. Um, every game that I've ever had there, Loftus Road, especially, they um, always a dangerous team. It's always a tough game, um, difficult game. So. Um, as we always do, we try and prepare for, for them. And, you know, the main part for us is, is to keep doing what we have been doing really well. We know we've been in positions creating chances and 
positions to take points, but we just need to, as we've done, is just maybe be able to grind and, and, and see out those little periods that we faced where mm. um, yeah, we can do that and then put ourselves in position to, to win games. What would you do right now for an ugly win? Yeah, any win, but yeah, we have to get those bits right. But um, we've been in positions to win games. We know we've been quite harsh, harshly. I think you know haven't collected more from some good performances. But um, yeah, we have to stay positive. You know, as always, stay positive with the players and keep encouraging them to do the right things and um, and try and show them the things that they can improve on. That's what I'm trying to do. And and I'll always stay positive with them and you know, I believe that they can do it. I think they know they can do it. I think just that little bit more, you know, grinding and, and grit and determination in key moments will help us, you know, and if we can get that, and then hopefully that can consist across the line to some good results in these four games. You've talked a lot about the transition and the changes that are coming. How confident are you that you will get the time to make these changes? Yeah, as I said, up to this point, you know, the club have been really supportive. Um, had good conversations um, about how to transition that. I think you've seen already that is transitioning. Um, so having those conversations and then those actions are put into place, and then hopefully moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm contracted to be here. You know, so I want to be. I'm determined. I've already told you all this. You know, until the day you're told you're not, don't focus on ifs and buts and what might be and is this going to come. You know, that's just nonsense to me. I'll let you lot worry about that. Um, I'll just focus on what I'm here to do and that's to help this team improve and if this transition bit and we get it right and start that first phase of it, I think it could be exciting but you need results in the meantime to stop all the noise and stuff like that and that's what we haven't done well enough and I understand that so we need to make sure in these four games you know, that we get some good results and that can quieten down certain noises. Um, but again, I've never been worried about that. Just focused on knowing that I can do a good job. I know what I'm doing. I just need to get that done right and um, in these four games and that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, then another um, another hectic week coming up. Two games. We'll talk about them in a second. A couple of players that I wanted to um, touch on. So a um, couple of starts now for Alessio de Cruz. Now, I'd from I, I'd sort of made a preliminary judgment about Alessio de Cruz from the, the the bits and bobs that we'd seen of him since he joined and obviously before lockdown. And I'd sort of thought, I think there's a bit there's a bit of a player in there, but I just thought that. He was way too raw and probably not really up to it at this level. That, that I've seen moments in the two games that, that he's started where I kind of think, oh, this guy actually looks like he's got something. There, there could be something there. And on um, Wednesday night against Preston, I, I actually saw some really good moments from him. It's the, you know, the, the final product's not there. He had a really good chance to uh, get on the score sheet, of course, didn't he, in the, in the first half. Uh, but what have you, what have you made from him? Cause I've, I've thought he looks really bright. Well, he gives Wednesday that outlook with his pace um, that other, you know, this attack otherwise wouldn't have. And, and yeah, I agree with you that I think some of his link-up play has been encouraging. And uh, I thought actually in the first half at Swansea, it was the way he pressed the defence, is true, off the ball, uh, the harrying he did and trying to close Swansea down when they were in possession. You know, he... I think uh, set the tone that you want from your your forwards definitely, but 
ultimately he's going to be judged on goals and right now he's not off the mark yet and he's had chances uh west brom when i think he came on in the second half where he should have got his shot away and he delayed it and he didn't and swansea as we you know talked about before I think he should have scored with the header so I, it would be interesting to see de cruz if he if he got off the mark and got a goal what it would do for his confidence and and, and general play i think it would maybe lift him um but I, you're right i think it's one of them where he's maybe flattered to deceive at times um but you then do look at him and think that he has got attributes that you could work with um but he probably should be a bit closer to the the finished product than what he is i think he's 23 now so he's not a young kid but then you know what what really you know should we have expected from him when he's never played in the championship before until yeah end of january when he signs so uh, you know out of the three players wednesday brought in he was the wild card really wasn't he so um yeah we've seen some good moments some not so good let's hope he can finish with a flourish um and at new you uh, a goal and an assist he's going to get a new contract isn't he he, he didn't do enough at all for me, uh, Preston, the other day, James. No, I, I, I still think that Atty knew you. Uh, he's got to really, well, I say that he's got to turn it on and, and you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat. But the reality is, we know how many strikers Wednesday have got contracted to next year. So Atty knew you. Certainly, if he gets another goal or assist has a big contribution to make in the last four matches. If he does well, you're probably right that he will be playing his way into a new contract. When it's, you know, when you're looking at that Wednesday squad as a whole, it needs a huge makeover. Right now, tying Atinui down to maybe another year or two-year contract, when there are so many other areas of that team that need strengthening too. And bearing in mind, Wednesday would still have to bring in a couple of forwards to supplement what they would have if you offer at a new new contract he signs you're still only left with him and Jordan Rhodes so yeah uh, that's I think really where we are at right now I think there'll be people um, screaming at their phone throwing things at their speakers as they um, listen to this and it's kind of like a don't shoot the messenger kind of thing i know that atty's got his fans and he's also got his haters and um i think um i was just thinking the other night that it it's just all kind of set up in the same way that uh there's plenty of people that don't like joey pagliapesi he got a new contract atty knew you i don't know it just seems to fit for uh in my mind that um i can imagine that um imagine that happening um all right a couple of games coming up then qpr away on um saturday this this game was supposed to be the easter weekend that's a distant memory now um and i mean qpr we've said this about quite a few teams recently one of those kind of up and down topsy-turvy kind of teams who've um really had a, a fairly um well just you know uh, all over the place um season um so that's going to be it's never easy going to um to QPR and I think I've seen Wednesday win there as many times as I've seen us lose there um and then Huddersfield next Tuesday who have I mean generally speaking had a fairly awful 
season, but signs in the last couple of weeks that they've just started to maybe kind of pull themselves a little bit away from being in direct danger. Um, and you would think maybe another win or two would probably just about see them safe. Um, neither of them, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they aren't easy games. QPR is going to be a real stinker because our record there is really not good. Having said that, we have already won there once this season. I was about to point that out, James. Yes. Uh, way back in January, yeah, they won 2-1. Uh, I think Sam Winnell and Morgan Fox scored uh, from memory. And that was Sam Hutchinson's final appearance uh, for yeah, Wednesday as well when he came off just after the hour mark. So, yeah, happy memories of that ground and the way they performed that day. And uh, maybe that's what we have to cling to right now, really, with Wednesday, that uh, from somewhere they're going to summon up a performance. No doubt Gary Monk will rotate the team. he have to make changes yet again. It's who's going to be available to him. Uh, it would be a huge boost if Jacob Murphy and Connor Wickham are fit um, in terms of Wednesday's attacking potency. Uh, you, you want at least one of them, I would suggest, if not both, to be fit and ready to go. Uh, Kieran Lee, will he be available? I you know, thought Kieran Lee was a big miss second half at Swansea and didn't play at, at Preston. Uh, he's another one for me who... I think he's playing his way into potentially a new contract. Um, so, Kieran Lee, Wickham, Murphy. And then the last one of the quartet uh, is Tom Lees. And right now, I'll tell you this, James, don't know how you feel about it. If Tom Lees is over the hamstring problem, Tom Lees comes straight back into the defence for me and I would be taking out Liam Palmer, uh, I think. And so, yeah, he, In fact, if you actually... Look a bit closer at the Swansea and Preston matches. Liam Palmer's tried to play offside twice and got it horribly wrong. So I know we were praising him last week, uh, but since then things have happened, things have changed. And uh, yeah, Brewster should have scored and made it three 0 at Swansea. And then the and then for the equaliser the other day. So yeah, you had that huge mix up between Burner and I for for the header. The Stockley's flicked on, but what, what, oh, what was Liam Palmer doing by playing Sinclair on? Um, so yeah, it just shows you really that it was across the board. The whole defence just got it badly wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, for me, get Tom Lee's back in there if he's fit. I, I think I'd be throwing him in right now. Absolutely. Wednesday needs some experienced heads in there. What say you? Would, would, would you, um, I mean, I think we know that Gary Monk is, is quite strong-willed and, and probably will do this, but would you stick with the, the, the three at the back, five at the back? Is it, I mean, we, we're shipping goals in, aren't we? It, some, something isn't working. Either, either we just have to conclude the players just aren't good enough. I mean, we were conceding goals left, right and centre when we were playing four at the back. So I, I don't know, maybe we're kind of clinging at, at, at straws, but, um, it doesn't, you know, bringing Tom Lees in does a back three of Lees, I offer Bernard. Does that, does that work? Have you got players that can play on, you know, either side of that, um, three man, kind of central defence there. I don't know. I, am, I hear I'm what not, you're saying. Yeah, I, I, know, I get, I get sure. it. I, know. I get it completely. It, it's, but then the, they played the flat back for uh, Brentford before lockdown yeah. and they got torn apart. Um, 
I think Gary Monk, I think he's got to stick with it. He has to now. He's sort of made his bed, and I think he's got to wire it <laughs> with the formation. The last thing Wednesday needs to do now is tinker with the system again. I feel like that's created a lot of the instability that we're seeing right now. Uh, and so tweaking it to 4-4-2 or 4-3-3, no, forget it. I think that what they've worked on for the last month or so has been this 3-5-2, that's the one that they're focused on. That's, for me, what they've got to stick with. So it's trying to then put the correct personnel in that formation to try and make it work. But I don't think you can go with the same three-man defence again when they, they, as Gary Monk said, didn't get the basics of the defending right and the fundamentals right the other night. And so what can you do as a manager in a few days? How can you quickly rectify that? And I think that Wednesday need fresh legs. They've got, to, and it's the spine of the team, James. That's what worries me right now. It's not a strong spine. So does Tom putting Tom Lee's back in there maybe help with that uh, in the short term, at the very least? Who knows? Hopefully. So that's that's why I, I would be saying if Tom Lee's is fit, I think Tom Lee should play. He, he probably should. I think my issue with it is that it doesn't feel like, oh, that's 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 what's going to sort this out. Then, no, I'm not Tom saying Lees that. And then suddenly we'll be we'll be fired again. You know, Tom Lees has, has generally speaking had probably what the worst season in a Wednesday shirt that he's he's had. He's looked out of sorts. He's not looked uh, anything like the the confident um, Tom Lees that we've seen before. We've talked about the reasons for this, haven't we? We've talked about how much stronger he looks when he's got a more experienced player alongside him. The problem is he is now that experienced player. There aren't many defenders around who are more experienced than Tom Lees. That in itself is worrying, isn't it? Because it's a bit like saying, well, maybe, you know, what, what use does Tom Lee's have in a team now? If he's got to play with someone more experienced uh, and and they, those players just don't exist, uh, it, it may, maybe he's just done. I don't know. Um, yeah. no, I think it's, he's got it, a point it, to prove. It's a worry, though, isn't it? That- yeah, he's got a point to prove, though, hasn't he? I think that, you know, I've said it before on this podcast, I'll say it again, that I feel like this, this could be the last chance, really, for Tom Lee's that in the, these final four games, uh, if he's involved, yeah, right. He's been in and out under Gary Monk, and you're right. Yeah, this has been his worst season, without a doubt, since joining Wednesday. He's 29 now, and so he's got it all to prove. And and, and that's why I think I'd certainly give him one last shot to show that uh, you know he can be part of Wednesday's future. Whether even if he were to stay Wednesday didn't look to offload him in the summer. I'm not convinced he's going to keep the captain's armband for next season. I think that's something that may very well change looking ahead. But for the short term, right now, Wednesday, down to the bare bones, defensively at midfield and in attack, the quick turnaround in matches, I think they'd be foolish not to be getting Tom Lees involved if he's fit and he's ready to go. Yeah. I agree with what you say about captaincy. That feels like it's still a long way away in terms of needing to worry about that. But um, if if uh, if if there's even really a debate about whether or not we need a new leader moving forward, I think there's something very wrong at this uh, at this club because it's it's this season has absolutely proved a lack of leadership. Tom Lees is 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 not a leader. He he you know may well wear the captain's armband, but this team is crying out for for leaders. Um, all right, let's get practical about this. Wednesday find themselves. Uh, seven points above the 
bottom three. Um, if if and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, if the FL charge comes back, and if Wednesday are given a nine point deduction and are therefore two points from safety, do you think that this team has enough to get out of that? I fear they don't, James. I, I don't I think, think they a, do either. I, th- I think it's a big ask, and I've, I question the fight and the, the confidence in this group, that ability to uh, you know take a punch, absorb it, and come back. We haven't seen any evidence to suggest that Wednesday can string two wins in a row together or, or even pick up a couple of wins, which is potentially what they might need from the four matches. But I will put the caveat to that and go, if you look at the remaining fixtures in isolation, you take Fulham out and there are points there. There's there's no reason why if Wednesday turned up and put in anything like the performances we saw from way back earlier on in the season against Leeds and Forest, Brentford at home, other matches yeah, along those lines. But a lot of football has passed since then. A lot of things have changed since then. And I repeat the stat of three wins from 19. So even with, if nine points, and that's probably the best case scenario, if Wednesday are found guilty and get the points deduction for this season. It's a real tall order, and I hope I'm wrong. I sincerely hope I'm wrong. I I don't think you are wrong, to be honest. Um, I I think this is a team that, to be honest, has looked down and out pretty much since January, and there's no evidence, there's very little evidence of seeing enough to think, you know, if the worst happens, that they'll step up and they'll find that fight and somehow they'll get those results because we've seen time and time again when when the going gets a bit tough, this team just falls to pieces and, and it's happened um, arguably twice in the last week. We've seen it happen so, so many times this season. And unfortunately, more, more recently than further away, you know, the first half of the season was a very different matter, but something happened around Christmas, whatever it, what, whatever's triggered it. This is the team that looks like, um, it, it looks, it looks like a relegated team. It, it's so hard to see where those wins would, uh, would come from obviously you know there's plenty of variables in this in this equation we don't we don't know what's going to happen with the fl charge it's it is dragging on and dragging on and dragging on um uh, any anything that we kind of say about it now is purely just speculation to the point where i'm bored of speculating about it we've been speculating about it for the best part of a flipping year now um and it needs sorting um all i'd say about it really is that this this is this is not why any of us got into supporting a football team, is it? You know what what we're kind of going through at the moment, and I, I, you know to touch on what's happening at Wigan, I feel for them they're going through a similarish thing in terms of you know their season rests on something that has absolutely nothing to do with um, football, and they will not be the only team throughout the period of football that find themselves in that kind of situation um and that's an absolute mess and football needs to take a, a long hard look at itself generally um to 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 try and figure that out because you know what's going on in football at the moment is is about as far away from what any of us got into 
football for in the first instance as um, as possible. Uh, but it's going to happen at some point. We need, we do, you know, we, we're going to get that that resolution from the um, EFL. I'll ask you because I've kind of got to ask you. Uh, have you, uh, you know, any any indications on your part as to when that might actually be? Uh, it's still not sort of setting stone or there's nothing concrete in terms of when the verdict will be delivered all the evidence has been heard and so the, the panel have now gone away um and they will, will take as long as they feel they need to take uh, to reach the correct outcome and it's such a complicated case uh, and i tell you james eventually what will come out will be the written reasons for the decision that the panel reached and that will be fascinating and will give people a big insight as to uh, you know how they've come to a decision uh, what's what things were discussed uh, in the panel who gave evidence uh, so it will all be revealed in the future that will come out and you'll get we'll get proper clarity on what decision that they reach. Um, I'm, I'm going to bore people again by saying the same thing, that unfortunately, whoever loses the other side, I think will inevitably appeal and it will drag on even longer. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're probably, we're not going to have a definite, definite resolution of this before the end of the season, are we? We're going to go into that Middlesbrough game not really knowing what the heck's going on still. And and this is... Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's been a weird season, but this is a mess and football needs to sort out this because there shouldn't be teams going into the last game of the season. I guess we could all be the same because, you know, they have feel like they've got, you know, good reason to argue that actually the 12 point deduction is not fair in their case because of, you know, these allegations with regards to, you know, kind of bets that have been made abroad or whatever it might be. Um, so this, uh, I, I hope this is the only season this happens and that um, things get, sorted out because um this is just it's it's just such a such a mess um all right cool so um i think i think that's pretty much going to wrap us up for for this week unless uh is anything i've forgotten about no i think you've pretty much covered it all there james so uh maybe we might have a few more positives to talk about next week that would be quite nice maybe a few wednesday wins yeah, I think, you know, six points would be nice by this time next week. We'd take that. We'd take that, definitely. All right, then. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our goal partners, Title Law, who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and Low Six Sports Betting Reborn. Thank you for joining us. If you like Singing the Blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. 